This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Player 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Williams, and with me today are my co-hosts, Jared Davis and Ted Turner. The Player 3 Podcast is our place to talk about gaming news, other stuff, really whatever we want to. Today we have some tabletop news, some console news, and a little bit of PC news. Yeah, for all you gamers out there, right? Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah gamers. gamers. Yeah, we're gamers, too. Um, but yeah, um, I guess if you want me to start off, Go ahead. We've got uh, a lot of different, like, big stuff going on right now in the console market. I mean, that's kind of my focus because I'm a, I'm a filthy casual with consoles. See, I, I, I have filthy a PC. Casual. I, I can't. I need to get a better PC, okay? You really do. I do. I really do. I'm, I'm trying to invest because I can't do this cool editing stuff without a better PC. So That's true. But anyway. Um, can't edit on a Switch. I, I, so, I, yeah, I yeah, so like you're a Nintendo guy or are you like a uh, Sony pony? I like Sony, Nintendo, and I still play PC. Oh, so, like, yikes. Like, I'll, I'll play like medium range, but I'm like not dedicated to like... Like one, I guess. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. gotcha. But I am more. I no guess, Xbox. No Xbox. No oh, Xbox. the one redeeming quality you had. Oh yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess one thing that I find that I found really interesting to talk about is um, Nintendo and microtransactions. You guys, you guys like gotcha games? My two favorite. Two uh, favorite. You topics. guys love those exactly. things. Exactly. What's them. going on with the Nintendo and microtransactions? Oh, God. Okay. So Nintendo. So okay. First, let me preface this. Okay. So according to Kotaku article back in like. March this year, there were Nintendo said like, oh yeah, we're gonna like tone down microtransactions in mobile games. Like the Wall Street Journal like kind of talked about this a little bit, and it's like because you know they're really getting into these um these games like uh, they are yeah you know, like, like Fire Emblem Heroes is like making them I think from this other article they're making like Fire Emblem made in their first month sixty seven point six million dollars. Wow. Oh yeah, crap. so yeah they're like wow. oh we'll tone down this right. I mean um but the big controversy right now is that today like or a couple days ago. Um, Nintendo announced this thing called the Gold Pass. Okay, really? Yeah, th- yeah, this is for the new Mario Kart mobile game. They have a pass yes. for a single game. Yeah, so what you need to do is you pay five bucks a month, and you can earn better rewards. Um, <laughs> five bucks a month? Five bucks a month, yep. For a Mario Kart mobile game. Yeah, so you can you get like like several poles, you know, for you know different like cart race, carts, you know. I guess that's how it works. You, 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 you roll for carts. Gotcha. I saw one person playing it today, actually, oh, no, in like uh, one of my classes. Yeah, no, I already saw someone playing it. I was like, is that Mario Kart on your phone? Yeah, yeah. It's like, that doesn't belong there. Right. They've I mean, already had, like, th- this is their third Mario game or something. Yeah. On the, they had that Mario Runner one. Didn't do well. Didn't do very yeah. well. Um, they had Dr. Mario, which I think did a little better. It's doing a little better, but I think this is really picking up right now. So That's what it seems like. They're, they're hamming down on it. Um, but you know how uh, uh, Mario, you get, like, different CCs, like, different mm-hmm. racing speeds? Yep. Yeah. Um, this one is locked literally by uh, uh, 200 cc. You cannot use 200 cc unless you buy the pass. So There's you have to pay five dollars yes. every month yeah. to I mean, race I mean, 200 cc. If, you, if you, you pay for the five dollars, you get a special in-game badges from doing challenges. That's awesome. pretty cool, right? Awesome, That's dude! So cool. I love doing more challenges. <laughs> oh my gosh, I hate it so much. <laughs> so they literally put a five dollar paywall anything yeah. above medium, basically. Basically, and this, this still includes um buying like crystals and stuff to like 
pay for more things. Awesome. So, so there's two there's two, two revenue There's a premium streams. tier. Yeah. And a premium currency. Yeah. That you have to pay for separately. Some of the unlocks you have to do the 200 CC five dollars, but you can still pay for more gems to get more. Do you happen to know off the top of your head like the the other currency? Like what is that kind of? Uh, how much would you expect to spend on that? Because you already got five dollars a month. I have no idea. Oh, I can. I guess it all depends on what you want. I know like, there was like a yeah. seventy dollars for like twelve hundred some 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 amount. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, there's always there's like, always like a uh, high price number for like invisible currency, right? Fake currency. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, crazy. I'm gonna date the podcast, but back when Fortnite was popular. Oh, hard <laughs> oh thank God it's over. They had they had uh, V Bucks were a really big thing, and you oh. could pay like absurd amounts of money to yep. get like a lot of V Bucks. I think it was like a hundred dollars was a tier yeah. you could pay to get like a hundred thousand or something. Yeah, it was a lot. I remember when I played GTA Online, there's a shark cards, and you can get, like, a trillion dollars for a certain amount of money. It just, you know, a basically a game-breaking amount of money for, like, yeah. 50 to 100 bucks. And uh, right. I, and the thing was, I was like, well, you know, I'd never do that because how are you going to get the money? And then three friends that I know that play it, they all got shark cards. So it works. And that's 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 really the takeaway here is, like, it works, and that's why the Nintendo's yeah. going to do that. So, like, maybe we shouldn't let it work. We shouldn't buy this kind maybe. of crap. We should remove these surprise mechanics. You know? Yeah. Surprise mechanics. <laughs> surprise mechanics are the alternative facts of the gaming industry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think to conclude this is like Nintendo said they were going to be, you know, toning this down, but obviously they're just going full force right now, which mm-hmm. is, and everyone's having backlash. A lot of people are, are like, this is awful. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. This is yeah. ridiculous. I mean, it makes them a lot of money. Like Fire Emblem Hero- Heroes makes like a ton of money for them. So like, yeah, that's true. Jeez. And one more Nintendo thing. They just seem to be messing up a lot lately. <laughs> That's a shame. Because they make right? a lot of really good They've games. They've been doing better now yeah. with the Switch. But have you heard about Joy-Con Drift? I have. I haven't, no. Uh, so, okay, so Joy-Con Drift is like this phenomenon where like the Joy-Con will just randomly, the joystick will just start moving like randomly. Like it will just like drift. Like it senses input that's not yeah, there? Yeah, it senses okay. input. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been like, there's like a lawsuit actually about it. So there's like a... like A, a lawsuit? A class An action actual lawsuit. lawsuit, yeah. It's been happening ever since like people got into controllers and stuff. For what? <laughs> for, for, people are like like I just bought this and like a week later it drifts. Like, the, mm-hmm. like people can still play the games. Like I think people are worrying about it too much. Honestly. Oh, okay, well, so they're trying to the say. Part of the problem is with something like that. If you want to be competitive in something like Smash and something like um, like a Mario Kart game, you drift will kill you. Yeah. Yeah. So they're saying like you sold me a product that doesn't work. Yeah, basically, that's, that's what they're trying to get behind. Yeah. And um, awesome. this has been going on for a while. I mean, it, it, but recently the Nintendo Switch Lite came out, which is like the mini Switch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, it's the, all the bright colors. Yeah, the bright, yeah, they're really cool. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty neat. I really want to get one. It's, yeah. But here's here's the thing, though. Here's the flaw. Um, some people are reporting that these Joy Cons have drifted in them. Awesome. And the problem with the light is that you can't remove the controls. Yeah. No, it's literally because it's of just it. a yeah. one thing. It's awesome. It's essentially yeah. just Nintendo's uh, PSP. From from yeah, basically, and for pe- what people looked inside of it, it's the same parts and stuff. Um, there was like one report. I don't know if that's increased since then, mm. but that might be something to be aware of. So that's very strange. Dude. I, so like, all you prospective Nintendo Switch buyers, yeah, you know, I was gonna buy a, drift. I was gonna buy a Switch relatively soon, and now I know about the drift that I wouldn't have known about. So I'll take a look at it. I might wait a second. I'm not sure what's yeah, going on. Yeah, I'd probably wait yeah. until at least that kind of stuff's you know resolved. The I mean, nice thing, if you get the regular Switch, you know. You can still take the Joy Cons mm-hmm. off. Yeah. You don't. But if you get the Switch Lite, you really can't do that because you know it's built into the console. 
It's just a one package deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Which it's they look really nice, and I'm sure just having that's really nice if you're not like a huge console, yeah. mm. like if you just want to take it on the go, that's really nice to have. But I wouldn't get a Switch Lite if you're looking to do anything competitive. Really, you think just stay with the regular Switch? I would stay with the regular Switch if you want to do mm-hmm. competitive stuff or if you want to, you know, be yeah. good and have a fun sit-down console experience. If you're getting a regular Switch, though, um, get the ones packaged in the red box. It's like two different boxes. So the Switch had actually revision. Um, it, it w- nothing really changed with the hardware and everything, but, like, well, I guess some changes happened. But it just made it so the battery was more efficient. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the processor was more efficient. So you have better battery life and just tiny bit performance, but it's not nothing crazy. So if you're looking for a normal Switch, look for the ones with the just complete red box. Interesting. So that's just another thing, too. Well, here's a mutually agreeable solution. Nintendo could also fix the... I assume it's a software side issue for their drift and then put it behind a $5 paywall. There you go. You you know, get Switch Premium and then you'll... Switch Premium to fix your drift. Well, you already have to pay... Um, to access online. Oh, yeah, yeah I forgot uh, about yeah. that. Because mm-hmm. Nintendo used to be the one console company that didn't have that. You know, uh, Xbox had Xbox Gold mm-hmm. or Xbox Live yep. Gold. Um, PlayStation had PlayStation Plus. Yeah, PlayStation Plus, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. And now Nintendo has... What is it called? Uh, What's Nintendo's Nintendo called? Online, I think that's Nintendo it. Nintendo Online. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like not that, good yeah. because they don't have servers. Awesome. Yeah, yeah like I try to play... I, I, background for me, I play like Smash competitively and uh, I can't... Uh, play it online because input lag is terrible. It's just oh, not input good. lag is horrible for it's fighting awful. games. So, yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I guess um, of the Nintendo, one more thing I want to bring up mm-hmm. is uh, the PlayStation State of Play recently happened. Uh, it was literally um, they had some announcements there. Um, from what I heard, it wasn't the most exciting thing. Um, some things they there's a that'll happen. There's a nice top seven list. A lot there's a lot of controversy actually behind this because really so Sony skipped out completely on E3 this year, mm-hmm. so they have announcements right. But um, so everyone's like, hey, this state of play has to be big. This is like Nintendo doing their like Nintendo directs where it's involving and right. Just about every Nintendo direct you go to is big. Yeah, it's big. So everyone's like, okay, PlayStation has to like this is this is important. People from what I've heard didn't like it. <laughs> This is just, uh, I watch a YouTuber called Cat Icarus. He does, like, um, PlayStation stuff. And he said it was just boring. Uh, but here's some of the announcements that we got. Uh, we have The Last of Us 2 release date was revealed. Nice. Um, this is all in a Verge article. It's kind of summing it all up. February 2020, um, Death Stranding Limited Edition PS4 Pro. You know, I do Kojima on that new stuff. Oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, Humanity, this game where there's a whole bunch of people that walk around. I'm not exactly sure what it's about. Um, Medieval is getting a remake. If you've seen that nice. PlayStation 1 game, it's like a skeleton dude walking around. I, I've actually, uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but I'm a bit of an avid PC player yeah. and an avid Bethesda fan, which means that the last two years have hurt me. Oh, oh. Uh, Bethesda's been, been messing up the last two years. Yeah. But there was a Skyrim, complete Skyrim rework um, that just turned the game into medieval. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. In the Skyrim engine. Huh. And I played a little bit of it. It's, it's actually pretty cool. fun. Yeah. But other than that, um, there's, there's other games too. But there's nothing really. Civ Six coming to PlayStation Four, like man, wow, is that already out? The second, <laughs> I, the second I mean, worst not, Civilization game. I'm not even gonna mention all these, but like it's just oh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Wow, again, yeah. like, wow, <laughs> like this is pretty abysmal for yeah. Sony. Like, yeah, Call of Duty all... Modern Warfare has had a bit of controversy, hasn't it? Uh, it's sure. uh, there was. Now, pardon me, I'm not huge yeah. on the Call of Duty franchise, I. 
But um, on Reddit, there were people talking about one of the game modes is a PlayStation exclusive hmm. for like a year before it's getting released to PC and Xbox. Wow. Uh, it, it's like a PVE mode, so it's nothing you know core oh. to the game. Yeah. But still, releasing just parts of a game behind before. a paywall as in, you know it's it doesn't yeah. sit well with me i don't know if 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 you frame it right i think you can do it correctly mm-hmm. if you can you know make it a it's a normal game and then playstation players get this extra instead of everyone doesn't get this except for playstation players like if you frame yeah. it correctly i think it, it can be done correctly but it probably hasn't mm-hmm. knowing the knowing the gaming industry right now it probably hasn't speaking it, of things being exclusive yeah. To not PC. Tad, what's uh what's up in the PC world? So in the PC world, I've got two two kind of stories today. Have either of you guys had the pleasure of trying out VR gaming? Just a little uh, bit. I, no, I've had like the weird like, you know, put my phone into this like little mm-hmm. headset thing. That that's about it, but so, discount VR. So yeah. VR gaming with a phone, um, and from my extremely limited experience from a console is a completely different animal than VR gaming with a PC. And VR gaming with a PC, if you have a decent machine, is incredible. I think yeah. that's the new uh, era of PC gaming is in VR. Definitely, definitely. And then you see other devices coming out, um, like the Valve Index and... Um, Oculus uh, Quest. Oculus Quest, where they're trying to eliminate the PC. Uh, because you have $2,000 worth of computer... And then you have another thousand dollars worth of VR. It gets expensive very quickly. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to very expensive very quickly. Very expensive very quickly. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to make it cheaper to get into because there are new games coming in, and one of which I want to talk about was Medal of Honor. So there's a new Medal of Honor game, and I don't know about you, but Medal of Honor was like a staple of my childhood. I remember going over to my friend's house and playing Medal of Honor a ton. It's like a shooter, right? So, Just, that's what it is. Yeah, background. yeah. It's kind of like War Call II, of Duty's, right? um, Call of Duty's, you know, uh, grandfather almost. I or at least Medal I think. of Honor yeah, yeah. was the series that like had like Steven Spielberg or something mm-hmm. directing oh, yeah, it. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah, I yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, and so it was like this super cinematic. Yeah, a game, lot of people well, for the time cinematic. It was the early two thousands. Yeah, so they finally they released uh, or they released an announcement for Medal of Honor. And this Medal of Honor is called Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. It's going to be an Oculus Rift exclusive. Oh, it's exclusive mm-hmm. to VR. Wow. Okay. To the Oculus Rift. So the Oculus oh, Rift. Oh, wow. That's even... So not only is it exclusive to one platform, mm-hmm. it's exclusive to one mm. that's part what PC, of the That's what PC Gamer is saying is that it's exclusive to the Oculus oh, Rift. No. So I don't know if that's going to be anything you could possibly get on the... Oh, no. On anything... Um, Valve related or HTC related. This this is kind of from my perspective. It's like oh no, it's like consoles, but now yep. the, oh yeah. no, it's going to yep. be the console all over again. <sighs> it's going to be a console. In fact, they're they're already the price of a freaking console. Yeah, so more. it's going to be yeah, a console VR that you attach expensive. to your PC. And so it's going to be an Oculus Rift exclusive. It's coming out in 2020. I'm excited for the game. I'm not excited for what's coming from it. You know, I I, I plan to play it. But that's if I am able to, because right now I've played on an HTC Vive. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. I've uh, and I should be playing on a Valve Index relatively soon. But 
I don't have anything Oculus Rift related, oh, so I may no. never touch this game. Really? Okay. This, and that this would be a shame. That would be a shame. That would be this horrible. This is the beginning. So we'll see what kind of, you know, <sighs> tons, of the of, end. tons of stuff you know, happens between um, between now and then, but uh, they're looking at uh, somewhere in the middle of 2020 that they're going to be releasing the Medal of Honor Above and Beyond. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be developed by Respawn. Titanfall 2 was awesome. I love Titan or cool. Titanfall Two wasn't as good as Titanfall One though. Um, you know, I hope I hope they do it justice. I'm a little afraid though. Well, Medal uh, of Honor hasn't had a game in a while. In a That's, while, yeah, I, I don't know the last one. I can't remember. It might just which, be a different experience altogether now. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Because um, I mean, World War Two shooters definitely fell out of favor. Mm-hmm. They did, and you yeah. know, especially when Modern Warfare came out, when Battlefield came out, you know, um, they started. You know, falling by the wayside. Vietnam was a big thing for a while, and now most of the games have just been going forward in time since then. You know, you've had a lot of Desert Storm-related stuff, a lot of um, future stuff like Call of Duty Ghosts and Advanced Warfare. And was Advanced Warfare the one with, like, the mech suits? Yeah, with the jump packs and all that crap. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Advanced Warfare is really where it fell off for me. Yeah, and then so, Call of Duty made a World War Two game. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I haven't played it yet, so I haven't either. So VR will just be the introduction to the whole new World War Two genre. We'll just go back mm-hmm. and yeah, just we'll redo just start it again. From well, it's a cycle. We'll I'm, get I'm really... jump packs again. Everyone will hate it again, mm-hmm. and it'll just, it's just a vicious cycle. And then when we move to uh, laying down on a bed and just being full immersion, then we'll go back to World War Two. There you yeah, go. I'm hoping yeah. at some point in time. We get a World War II Revolutionary War game where uh, you can get dysentery <laughs> and uh, end up dying of an infection and never get shot. Just really realistic. Realistic. Yeah, you know, yeah. I want realism yeah. in my games. What's that game that's like the old computer game that was like that? Uh, and, uh, oh. Something Road. Silk, yeah, um, Silk Road. The, the Oregon Trail. The Oregon, Oregon Trail. Trail. Oregon Trail 2. I mean, it's, it's, go. I mean, it's going to be a VR edition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oregon Trail VR. A Valve Index exclusive. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot to happen. Uh, stuff changes so quickly that I'm not too worried about it, but I am thinking about it. The other kind of thing that I saw that really uh, came down this week, and really, uh, for us Americans, it doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. matter too much. But now, in France, um, Valve is in a legal battle about reselling games on Steam. Wow. So Steam is pretty much the the game store for um, most PC games. You have Origin yeah. and Epic Game Store that are the trying Epic to compete. Epic Game Store is trying to get in there. Mm-hmm. Discord's even got one. Yep. Um, but Steam has been the long-standing king of PC gaming store. Uh, but one of the things is if you buy a game on Steam, you can't give it to your friend. You can't sell it. Now, over the past, I believe, two years... They started a lending program where I can uh, set up on Blake's account that he can play my games and I can play his games, just not at the same time. And uh, that works pretty well. But the thing is, if you go into GameStop or whatever game store that you buy your games from, you can buy the disc, you can play it, you can give it to your friend, and you can sell it. On Steam, there's no selling. You can't sell a game back. Uh, And so there have been multiple lawsuits over this because Steam is trying to say that they sell subscriptions 
to oh. these games. And because of that, you can't resell a subscription. While any other game store, physical game store, says that you're selling a license to use it. And you can transfer a license. You can sell resell a license. And huh. they're trying to say that simply because it's not physical, they're selling a subscription. And because they can revoke it at any time, that that's a subscription. I get what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I agree with it. It's I a BS corporate excuse. I definitely yeah. do not agree with what they're saying, but I understand what they're saying. Yep. My big thing is it's a digital thing. You can always go into your program files, just copy the data of the game and send it to someone else. Yeah, that's illegal. It's pirating, technically speaking. Yeah. Um, but you can do it and there's not much Steam can do to stop you from doing that. So I honestly think the best thing for them to do would basically just be like, you don't want the game anymore? You can sell it to somebody else. You can sell your subscription to somebody else. Mm -hmm. You can have someone subscribe to your subscription. Yeah, and so there's a marketplace on uh, on Steam where yeah. you can sell little achievement badges and stuff oh, okay. like that. You can sell trading cards. Exactly. It's basically you get an achievement in a game, and I know on Xbox they give you like these points, like these G points or whatever. Well, you get these little cards. Well, you and get the you cards can, from play. But you can sell your cards? Yeah, and you can sell your so, cards. So like, you can say I have this achievement, but I actually never did it? Basically. Uh, oh, my gosh. That's, that's not so, really that's how funny. it works. Uh, basically, the trading cards you realistically get from playtime. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them can be triggered by an achievement, but most of them come from playtime. And one of the reasons why there is a marketplace for them is because people want complete sets, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. let's say um, a game I play, Smite, the third most popular MOBA. Uh, <laughs> the third most popular <laughs> MOBA, Smite, has trading cards, right? And so maybe I want a complete set of all of the Egyptian god cards, right? Well, if I don't want to spend a ton of time farming those cards, I'm just going to go to the marketplace and buy them. Yep. And some okay. of the cards have different drop rates. Um, so some of the cards end up selling for wow. a little bit more. Interesting. Yeah, so you know, CSGO has their skins. It's kind of like that. There's a whole marketplace. But you can buy you can buy and sell those. I mean, if they were doing that, then it looks like you could do. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, how this works is you actually set your own price. And then there's like a, um, a going price, what most people are buying them for. And then people will put $10 on a three-cent thing and never sell, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can obviously go lower than that. So... You and then that money that you get, you can spend on Steam for games. Like it's it is yeah, essentially yeah. equal to your Steam wallet. So what most users are proposing is a resale system like that, where you can put it on the market for however much you think it's worth, and then sell it for that. And if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So just be like doing it on Craigslist or eBay. Yeah, and one of the things with that is that Valve does take uh, a little bit of a cut. Mm-hmm. So the cheapest you can sell anything on the marketplace for right now is three cents. Yeah. And mm-hmm. of that three cents, you get a cent. Yep. Wow. And Valve takes two cents. So Valve uh, on the Valve marketplace. Valve takes two cents off. With so Valve will still be making money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ex- well, that's that's with the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not be that way with the uh, selling of games, but I see no reason they couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, Say like. Oh, I bought this game for $40. I'm going to mm-hmm. sell it for 15 Valve takes a cut. They take $3 off the top. You make 12 bucks. Does it look like it's going anywhere? Like, is So 
a district court in Paris is where this lawsuit's currently happening, and they told Valve, no, it's not a subscription, it's a license, just like buying a video game anywhere else. But that doesn't mean jack right now, because they're, A, appealing, so they're going to go to a higher court on mm, it, well. and B, it's in France. So it means nothing for us. It might, uh, unless maybe it affects the entire platform, right? Is that possible? Uh, or will it's they possible. It? Uh, they, but they could just as easily say, okay, France, fine, and make it only available in France. And then have them deal with it they, because they want it. So They probably well, I think wouldn't. what you end up having there is then you have people turning on a VPN, setting it to France. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man. And just right. selling yeah. it mm-hmm. from or, America in France. Or just trying to look at you know precedent, and they'll sue them in America for it, and it'll go pretty quickly. Like... Mm-hmm. There's no any logical person on the Valve legal team will go. You know what? If we lose it here, we just got to do it everywhere because it'll eventually happen anyway. And you're going to spend a lot more money fighting it than you are going to lose. Good point for that. So, and I don't even think they'll really lose much money. Mm-hmm. They're not going to lose money. They, get they the can money. make it profitable. They're still making money. They like. get the money from you buying the game from them, and of course, some of that game, some of that money goes to the developer. Of course, yeah. That's how a marketplace works. Yeah. Um. And then you go and resell it. They can take a cut off the top. So they're essentially making money twice. But what about the Steam sales? They're not going to buy... The Steam sales, that that, that, that actually is a legitimate concern. Yeah, like what if there's a $15... That was was one of the things that people are looking at. They're like, okay, so let's say this this indie developer sells their game for $5. And so they sell a couple thousand copies. And then it gets sent around to a couple people, but they never sell a copy again. And that's how indies die. And so yep. there's there's a concern that way as far as how are we going to make this so it doesn't hurt our indie developers who quite literally rely on people buying it multiple times over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also the bigger end, which is Call of Duty that never goes on sale and thinks it's worth $60 till the end of time. So there's like different ends. Um, so it depends. As a consumer... I would say if you like if you like it, then buy it at full price. If you want to try it out, then buy it at whatever price you can get it at. But I also understand that how a business would be like, no, no one's gonna buy it at you know the higher price. So I'm curious well, to see how this goes. Honestly, yeah, honestly, I it could go either think way. There are plenty of ways to fix this. Just addressing the problem of indies and maybe not making money. You can just say, all right. You know, you sell it for $15. Valve takes $3 off that top. Of that $3, $1 goes to this indie developer, to the developer of the game. So they're making some money. It's not going to be as much, but they are still making some money off the profit. True. And I do think that, especially with indie developers, there's a lot of Kickstarters, a lot of Patreons. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of support behind a lot of indie. You know, if it's a good yeah. indie, there's probably a lot of support behind yeah. it. So maybe it's not something to worry about as yeah. much. And like Shovel Knight, uh, they've done a couple Kickstarters for like adding new content to the game. So I don't see why, you know. It, it's they, probably yeah. going to move in this direction anyway. Honestly, yeah. like people want to sell what they have. So yeah. it's. There's a lot to work out. Though. Yeah, it's yeah. a ton to work out. I'm curious to see how it happens. But right now, it's just in France. So right now, it doesn't affect us too much. So, One thing that you can resell, however, is books. And speaking of books, Dungeons & Dragons. I play a decent amount of d and I'm nerd. a bit of a nerd. <laughs> He's uh, the nerd. He's the nerd who's nerdier than us. He's like the book guy that we get to make fun of. Awesome. Right. I can't wait. Common enemy. I mean, there we, yeah. <laughs> yeah there we <laughs> Whoa. My co-hosts are turning against me. Uh, so Wizards of the Coast, they're the 
uh, publisher of D&D. Mm-hmm. They recently published the newest adventure. It is entitled Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. It's um, Avernus, for those who are not knowledgeable about D&D, is part of the Outer Realms. It's uh, the Nine Hells. And so most of this takes place on that, that first level in Avernus. Um, I might be getting some things wrong, so D&D nerds who might be listening to this, please don't crucify me. Yeah. But um, <laughs> They're going to anyway. It takes place so. mostly on the first level of the Nine Hells. It's uh, a campaign from level 1 to 13. That's a pretty big campaign. So it's it's a pretty big book. It's currently running for about fifty dollars. I think it's forty nine ninety five. But wow, it's essentially fifty dollars, and it's uh, an adventure for levels one to thirteen, four to six players, and it also features some rules for some brand new infernal war machines, which um, I've looked at some of the drawings for them, and they're basically like Mad Max meets D and D. They look pretty cool. And you so can use them in your adventures of hell, basically. Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Actually. So um, they introduced the Scavenger, the Demon Grinder, the Tormentor, and the Devil's Ride. They uh, range in size from about the size of a garbage truck down to the size of about a motorcycle. And um, Wizards of the Coast has said that their purpose in introducing these wasn't to make it more of a war game but to add some extra flair and add the feeling of a chase, not necessarily, well, I take this miniature and move it three squares to the left and one square forward, which is a viable thing to do. Also, just take a diagonal, but whatever. Um, (laughs) I'm not a war gamer. I'm not a war gamer at all. In addition, uh, Wizards of the Coast is also pretty soon going to be releasing the Eberron campaign setting into 5th edition. Eberron is a wonderful campaign setting that I knew nothing about until I decided to start researching it after seeing this pop up. It's going to be releasing November 19th, and it's going to feature all the stuff you know and love about Eberron, Changelings, Shifters, Warforged. That's 2019? Yes, oh, November awesome. 19th, 2019. So it's, so it's like a book, it's a book, right? So people buy... It's a book, yes. Okay, interesting. It I didn't know you book. bought books as the, like the rule set, right? I, I just thought people looked online for something or... Um, I mean, a lot of the stuff that's going to be in this book, you can already find online some places. Oh, but it's like a good... So it's just easily assembled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easily assembled. They tend to add some stuff. Uh, right now, like the Warforged, the Changeling, and the Shifters are already available. Okay. But um, D&D, Wizards of the Coast, might come out and say, hey, in this book, we're including a new sub-race of this or something oh, we haven't tried yeah. before, something we tried and didn't really work very well, and so we're reworking it. So Plus, the D&D fan base is pretty big, so I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll support the book release yeah. in yep. general. Yeah. 50 bucks for a book, wow, that's... That's gonna make some money. Honestly, yeah. though, like with how much goes into creating that book, that's a great price. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's if true. If you've too. ever seen some of the books, they are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, there's like art everywhere. The art yeah. is fantastic. I mean, I own a few. I have the uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide, which is a book like two inches thick. Oh my lord! How expensive is that content. guy? I believe the DMG 
I think it's just fifty dollars. I don't know. Awesome. Wow. That's cool though. I don't I like a, got it as a gift. I gotcha. Oh, I assume it's like an introduction thing though. It's like, no, the player's handbook is more of the introduction. Okay. Uh really the essential starting kit is the introduction, which comes with uh some pre built character sheets. A basics on D and D, and also an adventure for you guys to run. D and D feels like this massive history of like all monsters and stuff for all yeah. games. So like, that's, yeah, D and D is huge. We're in the fifth edition of it. Um, it's called fifth edition, but there's been first edition, advanced, second edition, hmm. third edition, three point five, four, and fifth edition. I'm actually in a campaign right now for the first time. I have no idea what's going on. No idea what I'm doing. Oh, dude, I've been there before. Yeah, like, I, we only meet like twice a week. So, oh, sorry, once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, I every time I go into it, I have no idea how to play it. Mm-hmm. All I know is it's Pathfinder, whatever that is, and I'm a Asimir with a scythe. That's that's about it, all I understand. All right, <laughs> so I'm going to totally go ahead get that. and tell you what you mean. Pathfinder is technically not D&D. Okay, oops. Pathfinder Yikes. and D&D are very similar. And Pathfinder is essentially a rework of D and D three point five. So is it a separate? So I am. I don't want to say game. Thing. I'm insulting. It is a separate game. Okay. I'm insulting the fans game. out there, right? Now. Yeah, <laughs> a little, Dude. only a little bit. Um, essentially, Pathfinder is published by a company called Paizo. Uh-huh. Uh They actually recently came out with Pathfinder Second Edition, which is Pathfinder First Edition with new things. Which one's better? Things. Um, I don't personally play Pathfinder. I play D and D. But from what I've heard from the Pathfinder community, they like Pathfinder 1st Edition more. Really? Because Pathfinder 2nd Edition is sort of taking the game more in the direction of 5th Edition, D&D, and making it more playable and a little bit more... um, A little easier to get into for new players because anyone who's ever played Pathfinder or looked at a Pathfinder character sheet... Yeah. Is confused. No idea what's going on. I didn't mean the additions. I meant is D and D or Pathfinder better. I want you to well, offend some people. No D and D is better. Okay, good. D and D fifth edition, and so, I'm gonna take a hot take. I'm gonna say D and D fourth edition dang. is better than okay. Pathfinder. Hey, you know, I I thought Pathfinder was D and D, so D and D just is better because I don't. Even <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, Asimar, 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 Asimar. Okay, yeah, bird people. Oh, um, kind of angel people, I thought. Yeah. Maybe that's Pathfinder. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. Eric Sorry. Eric like I have the, no idea. Yeah, what me too. He <laughs> could be speaking people. Japanese right now, They're and I would have people. the same amount of understanding. Yeah. Asimar are the sort of angelish people, but they're. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, back to stuff that's unofficial. Uh, D&D also, they have unearthed arcana that they put out every once in a while and in this most recent unearthed arcana they uh, revealed two brand new subclasses one for the bard and one for the paladin the bard subclass is the college of eloquence and i love it i love it It essentially wait i'm I'm a guess bard college frat dude you could make that if you wanted to. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the, the College of Eloquence is essentially turning your bard into the ultimate speaker. So what you can do is uh, a lot of the... I wrote down here in my notes, destroying enemies with facts and logic. 
Um, which is a little... <laughs> They'll never recover from this. So you can just become Ben Shapiro. Yes. Uh, it's like a sixth level ability or something, and it allows you to destroy, literally deal psychic damage to enemies with undeniable logic. Wow. Which I love. What? I love that. Yeah, you can also heal your teammates with your words. Uh, for You can just create Ben Jared, I know that you're very confused right now. No, that sounds am- that's hilarious. Yeah. Like, that sounds yeah. I might get into D and D now that I can be Ben Shapiro. Yeah, you can just be, you can become Ben Shapiro, dude, or any other speaker if you'd like. We're not going to try to take it too political. Um, there's also a better version of Inspiration, just objectively better. Bardic Inspiration is already really good because uh, it just allows your teammates to roll another die and add it to such such things uh, but this better version is when you put your inspiration on a player when that player uses that inspiration die you can put it on someone else and you can do that a number of times equal to your charisma modifier so for any good bard that's about five times a day that's pretty good i know you're limited um for those like me, I, I know you're limited to how many times you can do a spell usually, right? Something. Yes. So like that lots. five, that, it's actually a lot from even my little experience. Like mm-hmm. three has been my max for a while. Yeah. So five sounds like you could do a lot of stuff in one camp, one sit down. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. Um, the Bard College of Eloquence is very role play heavy. Okay. So it also, it's going to be adding um, better ways to communicate with people. Uh, for instance, there is a feature which allows you to speak in tongues, essentially, to just be able to talk and everyone can understand what you're saying, which is really useful. Hmm. <laughs> because in D&D, there are a lot of times when I'm a DM, my players will sort of uh, roll into a situation and be like, hey, uh, we need to talk to this guy. And I'll be like, well, do you speak Orcish? And they're like, no. And they can't talk to them. No, there are too many different languages, and so that creates communication issues. And sometimes it happens within teams as well. It does. It no does. fun allowed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it makes it more fun, but, you know. No, that's chaos. What do I know? What do I know? <laughs> um, in addition, the bard also has an ability to soothe emotions with their words. They can cast the spell calm emotions that's all that is um and so the paladin subclass is the oath of heroism for those of you who don't know what a paladin originally was the paladins are based off charlemagne's knights so charlemagne's knights were very honorable very god-driven right and that sort of created the idea of the paladin the paladin oath of heroism just makes your paladin more paladin. Um, what? So <laughs> what? The, the Oath of Heroism, its entire job is making you more of just an unrivaled hero of myth and legend. Um, so you become your typical anime protagonist, kind of? like Kind of. Really? Kind of. There you go. You become Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, JoJo's reference. Uh, is that a JoJo reference? That is a JoJo reference. <laughs> I, uh, can, I, can I go ahead and have to publicly admit I've never seen JoJo's Bizarre hey, Adventure? It's fine. 
it's 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 fine. Nor do I plan on watching it. Well, okay, that might be a problem, but <laughs> we'll, that, that'll be a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so, the oath of heroism essentially um, allows your paladin to do a lot more of. Here, I actually have it pulled up here. It adds a few different things in here. Um, it adds some new tenants um, to pledge w- to your god with. Tenants include action over words, challenges are butt tests, embrace destiny, and hone the body. Butt test? What? That's what I heard was em- butt yes. test. Butt test. Challenges are butt tests. Not with two T's. One T. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! I, I, try, I just picked up the word that I recognized. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we know nothing. <laughs> uh, this paladin's channel divinity. Um, I'm just purely speaking to the D and D audience at this point. Uh, the channel divinity allows the paladin to essentially be a little more uh, to do better athletics checks, to hit real hard. It essentially makes a lot of the spellcasting features of the paladin. Not as necessary. It essentially turns the paladin from a sort of mixed role support tank style uh, to more like tank attack to just stand in the front of your teammate, monologue for a bit, and start smacking some fools around. Hmm. Okay, so cool. That works. That's like, yeah, anime character. Yeah, you become. (laughs) uh, I think probably the archetypal paladin oath of heroism. Is Jonathan Joestar? Um, okay, that makes sense. Um, talk five minutes about my courage and nobility, and yeah. how I'm gonna avenge my father's death, and then mm-hmm. destroy you. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the paladin. Okay. Yeah, that is the the new paladin. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'm you, lost. You, you can say that with yeah. your head. Just I think know. of hand anime. motions don't really pick just up. Think, yeah, I know. Guess. Just think anime protagonist. There you go. Yeah, the yeah. ultimate anime protagonist. And like I guess the final segment we want to go on is uh, like, what have you been playing recently? Like, just talk about like what has everyone played? I actually have a great one for this. So, a game that I got on Humble Bundle this mm-hmm. month that has actually really kind of grabbed my interest. I don't know if I like it or not yet. This is not an endorsement, but it's called State of Mind. You were talking about this, yeah. Yeah, and it's got a really weird art style, dude. It's like... I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, you look it up real quick. It's all... All you listeners at home, look it up. Yeah. yeah. Look it up right now. I'm looking. So, like, I don't know what to how to describe this, but everything's, like, blocky, and it has some weird... Uh, the people don't look like people, but it's basically future dystopian. So this guy wakes up and he's super smart, and uh, he was told he was in a car crash. Turns out he wasn't in a car crash. Man, but now I you're don't just wanna, spoiling. Yeah, I, no, I don't. I'm not going to spoil it. It's like, but it's the beginning, right? That's not a spoiler. Yeah, that's, okay. No, that's in the first half hour of the game. Is it turns out you weren't in a car crash, and now you have to do some stuff. Mm, but it's very future dystopian, and I really like future dystopian. Yeah. So it's in. Have you seen it yet? I'm looking at it right now. This, yeah, it's this, got a really weird this art style. Art style is very interesting. Yeah, I really like the art style. Um, just because I'm a big fan of simplistic, sort of very minimalist art styles in games. Yeah, for those out there, listen. Think about cell shaded games like that. Yeah, yes. But like, there think about go. like a mixture, like purport, like not cartoony, but like mm-hmm. every. Think about a normal standard world, but then everyone is just cell shaded. But here's the problem. 
the art is not bad. In fact, I really do like the art. As weird and simple as it is, mm-hmm. I do like the art. The animation's horrible. It is god awful. It's like so <laughs> skeletal in like this. Yeah, you know, like it looks like someone walking around with a wedgie, no matter what they're doing. Oh yeah, I yeah. See uh, we're watching I see it right it. now. He's just kind of exactly the animation's so bad, but it's got a really interesting story and it's got a really nice art style. I hope that the story makes up for it. I've only gotten two hours into this game, so I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm behind it or not, but it's really interesting, yeah. and it's what I've been playing this week. So I'm looking at it right now. That yeah. animation is pretty. It's pretty. It's awful. pretty awful. It was originally a PS4 release, and then they ported really? it. Yeah, they ported it over to um, PC. And here's the here's the well, the real kicker. You can control with mouse or keyboard or a controller, and so you'd think, okay, I have a PS4 style controller, right? You'd think it would control well on that. I should just play it on that. It controls better on mouse and keyboard, but it controls like crap. Oh, no, that's fine. Yeah. Mm. So it controls it's, even it's worse than story, bad. Story driven it's story-driven It's And, oh, yeah, there's no combat or anything. It's literally walk up to this person, watch a cutscene, then walk over to this area, watch a cutscene. So far. No puzzle I'm only, solving? Nothing like, no, no hint of puzzle solving? No, it's literally a cinematic game. Really? Okay. But the thing is, you can't have a cinematic game with a horrible animation. <laughs> there is something to be said for just a game... That looks really good and has a great story. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's fine. But this isn't that as of right now. Like I said, I'm two hours into it. I can't make huge assumptions, but that's where I'm sitting right now. Like you said, so. if the anime, like if it's a story-driven game, it doesn't have good animation. That's mm-hmm. kind of. But still, if, you, if the story's still good. Yeah, if yeah, the story can make up for it, but I'm not deep enough into it yet. So, yep, that's what I've been playing this week. Yeah, Jared, what, uh, what have you been playing? Well, I usually just play Smash Brothers. I just love it, um, but um, that's like something I, like on the weekly. But more specifically, I've been. It's weird. I, I went back. I'm trying to get into this game. Um, it's old. I'm trying to get into Final Fantasy VI, a very Ooh. old um, SNES JRPG. Uh, I hear like I'm a big Final Fantasy fan for older stuff. Um, some of the older stuff in like PS2 early era. Nothing, none of the new things really. But uh, I heard six is like the best one. And I, I just want to try it out, like really like get into it because I, I hear so much about it. And I just want to play it. And from what I'm playing so far, it, it's very like immersive, despite being you know the 16 bit right for a snap. I forget the what bit, but for being uh this this old game, like I, the music's fantastic. I, I love the music, and I'm just excited to get more into it because I'm just at the very beginning. But I was like, there's so much expression, character interaction. I'm like, wow, this is just a 2D sprite game, but I'm enjoying it, so maybe it is considered the best one for a reason. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Uh, Here's my other admittance. Mm-hmm. I've never played a Final Fantasy really? game. I really need to, though. I hear amazing things Neither about Final Fantasy. I have never played a Final Fantasy Do you Fantasy like JRPGs, game. though? That's that's the one thing. Turn-based combat. Depends. I can get behind it. Okay. Like, yeah. If you like that, um, play Persona 5. Okay. Um, if you want a really good one. All right. Really good. Duly noted. Yeah. I've been playing a couple of games recently, uh, but the one I'm going to talk about is a really short, like, two-hour puzzle game that I played. Um, It's called MacDose 95. Oh, I've seen you playing this. Yeah. It looks weird. It is trippy. It's kind of trippy. You turn the game on. um, So, first of all, I'm a Humble Bundle monthly subscriber. I know. Call me a sellout. Whatever. I don't care. Um. 
not Mac Doss. Not Mac, Mac Doss. Doze. Doze, like how you spell that? Yeah, so it's a it's a portmanteau of Mac and Windows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, Mac. And um, the the point of the game, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it right there. And the point of the game is you you know start it up, yeah, get into the game. You have to solve a puzzle to start the game. And then you just start being given puzzles. Wow, it's like it's like yeah. playing a little like computer what you find on your little mm-hmm. buy a computer those little games you find yeah it's um some of the puzzles are really hard the one that you're showing right there yeah that was the last puzzle i did but it doesn't have to be the last puzzle you do and it is the hardest puzzle so the, the premise of this puzzle is you have to climb up by latching onto these red letters mm-hmm. and you have very little control over it but what you have to do is you have to hit and hold the key, the letter on the keyboard. Oh my god! Right. So, oh, so okay. at one point in time, it's like K W and uh, like P or something like that. I don't know. It's like what three letters over here on the side of the keyboard, and you have to switch from holding these two to holding these two, and it's like the fastest switch. Uh-huh. And oh my god, I had like carpal tunnel after that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like twister for your fingers. That's cool. But the game was really, really cool. It was so much fun to play. And it's if you like puzzle games with a sort of surreal story, it's a big recommendation. It has the atmosphere of like one of those puzzle games that ends up turning into a horror game without turning into a horror game. <laughs> which I really like. Because you're just stuck on this computer screen. You just want yeah. out. <laughs> I yeah. want to leave. Mm-hmm. There's... Uh, Man, there's this whole thing about waking up is a theme throughout the thing. and uh, Creepypasta? No, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. It's I'm not going to spoil it, but when you do finally wake up at the end of the game, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it, it almost feels dissatisfying or not satisfying. I think that's the word. But then you just sort of sit back and you're like, Huh. And you just let it sit there for a second. How many hours did it take to complete? Two, three hours. Okay, so it's a quick one. It's a pretty quick game. Okay. Interesting. So I think that's just about all we have time for, yeah. folks. Yeah, that was an uh, interesting note. You know, that wake up. Everyone wake up. That's Everyone there we wake go. Up. We'll though. leave with waking up. You know, wake up. Don't miss that, your classes. Whatever that means for you, wake up. Yeah, if you're a college student, don't miss your classes. If you're an adult... Don't miss your classes. Go to work. If you're um, younger than that, if you're younger than a college student, uh, listen to your parents. If you're, if you don't have parents, sorry about that. I'm sorry for the tragedy, and I'm sorry for my insensitive actions. Be careful what you say. Well, be careful what you say. (laughs) I guess um, that's been it. Uh, My name's been, my name's Jared. Uh, I'm Blake, and I'm Ted, and this has been the Player Three Podcast. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.